0: you are listening to mystery media group Yay! our bonus episode with Cash valley bigfoot this month is going to be an interview with mike and i so john how are you doing
1: good really good
0: how is texas treating you
1: it's going well i actually have talked to a few people who want to get together and do a little fast watch hunting down here in sam houston National forest so that'd be kind of fun
0: that would be way fun do you want to give the listeners a little update on what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so we moved to Texas. My wife has some health issues and we're trying to get her some medical treatment. And I'm still I'm still getting stories and and talking to people about, you know, cashfly Bigfoot. I'm getting together book number 2. Hopefully, it'll be done by the end of September, maybe mid-October. I was going to be at the Paris conference in Logan, but can't make it. I'm disappointed oh. in that. Yeah, other than that, yeah, it, it stinks. <laughs> but other things came up and so yeah, we're just gonna we'll do the book and then I'll come up. I'm planning on a trip for sure next summer for like two or three weeks, then maybe up before then too. So who knows? It's going good in Texas, it's just hot and humid.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're still under the name Cash Valley Bigfoot and people can still find you there, right? Yeah. Do you want to give us an update on one of the posts that you recently had about Mount St. Helens and tell us a little bit about
1: that story? Sure. I was online one night. I posted something. I can't remember which post it was. And I got a message from somebody who wanted to join the page. So I approved her. And then she wrote me a message and said, are you Kim and Karen's son? I said, yeah, that's my parents. And she starts talking about how she lived by us when I grew up and Her and my mom were in the same calling together in church, and I'm like, who is this? Then I saw her name, and I'm like, "Who Carling? I'm like, are we related? Because I have Carlings in my family. and So I thought it was like some cousin or something. No, she's not related to me. We were talking, and she told me a story about how she believes in Bigfoot. And I was like, well, how'd that start? And she said in June of 1980, two weeks after Mount St. Helens erupted, they had a farm up in Soda Springs, Idaho, and they were in the middle of their land riding around. They found a set of three tracks crossing their property, and they happened an accident just by chance. And she said her dad called up two other people who I actually know, too, who I grew up with. So there was like three people who I knew. I had no idea they ever had a bigfoot encounter. and so that was kind of cool but she said they somehow contacted somebody in washington state and a whole team of scientists came down from washington and the university of idaho they were there for like a week on their property and doing tests and doing all the stuff they do i actually so so after i talked to her she said they made casts and one of the people i know they asked if they could borrow his castings he said sure And they said, oh, we'll send them back to you. And they never have. He's upset about it. So I actually asked her if I could see some pictures and stuff, and she's going to get them out. And so she said when they took the track, she said they never came back to him. So I actually wrote to Jeff Meldrum, and I asked him if he's ever heard of this thing. He wrote back and said, back then, he was just starting his grad degree, and he never heard of the whole story in sort of spring. He doesn't even have tracks of it. These are sets of tracks that he doesn't have in his lab. And so I asked her, I said, well, why do scientists come from Washington? Because I've talked to other people who've messaged me and said that they don't believe a Bigfoot would travel that far. And then I would say, then why were the scientists there? So there had to be some evidence that there is something traveling or, or groups of Sasquatch leaving the state or areas around the state after the eruption.
0: Have you looked to see if there's a way they could get over there from Mount St. Helen? Is there a mountain range that connects it?
1: I mean, back then it wasn't probably nearly as populated, you know, across Idaho. And I mean, it's not far from Idaho. Right. A guy wrote me and said it's 570 miles. I said, well, that's still not that far. No. Or a few weeks of walking. It's funny because like she also said around the same time, there were other sightings in Whitney, Idaho and Garland, Utah. If you know, Garland, Utah had that big sighting in 83. The sheriff saw a Sasquatch cross in front of his car and saw him up close. And that was back in 83. And then I also talked to a guy whose family owns land in Malad. And he has tracks on his land of the tracks. And that was in 83, too.
0: So they were possibly migrating from Washington yeah. To
1: Idaho. yeah. Yeah, so I asked somebody who lives up in the Yellowstone area who's been doing Bigfoot stuff for years, and I asked him, I said, was there any more sightings after Mount St. Helens? How did it disrupt Yellowstone ecosystem? Because they're probably attached by the same lava tubes or something.
2: So I don't know if there was an uptick in Yellowstone activity, or he's going to find out. Did the scientists think that they had come from Washington? Is that what they were interested in?
1: Yeah, that's the only reason I think they were there, because they're from Washington State. Like, why would they all of a sudden just want to come down and investigate tracks in Idaho when, I don't know. Yeah. That's what she kind of thinks it was, but they said mm. there were three of them.
0: I was just going to say there was probably an influx of sightings in Idaho at that time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or leaving because they didn't know if it was going to explode again. I mean, they lost a, True. a ton of them. And I know we've all heard all the stories about the Army and the Mount St. Helens and Bigfoot bodies and some of that. You know, I don't know. I kind of believe those are true. I mean, after hearing a lot of the stories from the military and what happened after Mount St. Helens erupted, and the military came in and took over 10,000 acres right around that area and just made it a wildlife refuge. So, and you can't go in there; it's like fully blocked off. To this again, day, you still all. can't go in there. Yeah, it's federally protected wildlife refuge, and that's that's really not normal.
0: And that happened after the eruption.
1: <laughs> yeah, they blocked off like 10,000 acres or more. Wow. In one area. Just outside the base, and they had a small base right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then after it erupted, a few months later, they took over all this land. So they kind of think that's probably like a sanctuary where they put the ones they saved. But I don't know.
0: Those stories <laughs> surrounding Mount St. Helens are good stories. I'd yeah. like, I'd like to believe them.
1: So I'm trying to get tracks, a set of the traps, from a guy from Malad. He said he'd probably do one for me.
0: That would be cool. I have a really good yeah. friend in Malad, so maybe she'd let me stay there while I go squatching.
1: That's what I've been up to, just, you know, doing that. I've been talking to a lot of people that have had sightings in Logan Canyon. A lot of them have sightings up, up above Harder Ranch. But they'll be in my book.
0: Cool.
2: Uh, John showed us a video taken from northern Idaho. They only showed us a bit of the clip, but it shows a Bigfoot walking through the forest. And it's really clear. And it's really close. That alone makes it a little suspicious because it's too perfect. Yeah. But they show just a small clip of him walking through that area. And to me, the back shoulders and the back, you know, big people tend to have a little meat behind their shoulder blades, mm-hmm. and then it tapers down in. And boy, if, if that's a fake, they did a good job because that material was, you could see the muscles underneath yeah. all that, and it filled it out nicely. The only thing that I questioned was, and I can't tell if it's just the film or the branches, but the when the leg comes up, the calf muscle does a little bit of a wave like it's possibly material, but the rest of it was pretty believable. Yeah, you can't I see mean, any folds or seams or, you know, bagginess just around the calf.
1: Yeah, and people have written me and I've talked to people that said it. It's from NVTV. That's a YouTube page. And I guess he's been told, well, everyone keeps telling me he's, he's a hoaxer, but I've never heard the name of it. Out of all the holsters, I've never heard his name come up and tell this one all of a
2: sudden. <laughs> My understanding was is they sent, whoever it was that videoed it, sent it to NVTV just like they showed it. There's some more video footage of the— yeah, I mean, it absolutely. had a big space to cross, but they only showed us a, just a teeny bit of it.
1: Yeah, and that's why people say it's fake, but I've never heard the kid's name mentioned or the, or the guy's name mentioned. I'm just like, you know— I know we've watched lots of videos, and we can tell a fake one. I mean, I can watch some of them like, that's just a mask or that's a costume. And, but for some reason, it didn't seem fake to me. Like, it didn't ring to me that it was fake. I've had people tell me are real, but I watch them like, no. And it's not that I, I think they're fake. It's just something I see in the movement or how they act. Just something I, I can feel. And it seems like, as you said, math of it is just big. Like, the shoulders, the arms, and the back. You can see flexion in the muscles. And mm-hmm. I don't know it's you know
0: everybody brutal. thought the patterson bigfoot was fake too at the yeah, time exactly. nobody believed him and he was ridiculed and criticized but yeah when i watched that video from northern idaho it is eerily similar to to patty
1: yeah and that's why i sent you because i want you guys to see it i just put it out there you know show people you know like you know want their opinion on it i don't know it's almost it too good to, good to be true me. I mean, so was
0: the yeah. Patterson film. That was almost too good to be true. But after listening yeah. to Jeff Meldrum, I believe that's a real video.
2: Yeah. So did you like going to his lab? Loved it. Oh, yeah. it was like Christmas morning. It
1: was. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. My
2: jaw hit the floor. <laughs> My kids were making <laughs> fun of me because I was so excited. Yeah. And he's so down to earth, too. Yeah. Just normal. He enjoyed telling, he telling us it. about it every bit as much as we enjoyed listening to it. He still yeah. had the excitement, no matter how many times he's told those stories, he was still excited about it. And he still enjoyed telling us about it. That's what I liked.
0: Yeah, he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. He knows his stuff. All right, John, is there anything else that you wanna let the listeners know about before we sign out?
1: No, just if you're if you're ever bored, you know you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, buy my book on Amazon. If you're in the Catch Valley area, it's still for sale at the Book Table, the Visitor Center. I'm still looking for stories. If you want to send any in to me, you can find me on there. You know, other than that, everything's going well for you guys. I enjoyed your new book. Thank Um, you. Volume 1 of Destination Mysteries. It's good. Thank you. It's awesome.
0: All righty then. Well, we will sign off and we'll enjoy an episode from you next month. Cool. This is a production of Mystery Media Group. Yay!